So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. 40% of kids are born into a single family home. 40%. So think about this. Think about this number. Like, break down this math. If 40% of kids are born into a single family, how many think of those are mothers? The mother is going to be the single 80% at least. Of course. Probably more. Right. So now, that's four out of every 10 are with the mother. Single family. If the divorce rate is over 50%, that means those remaining six that weren't born into a single family home, three of them are now going to a single family home, which 80 or 90% is going to go with the mother because that's just the way the system works so you're talking about three and four seven out of ten don't have a, a in the home positive male role model they could bring in a stepfather that might yeah. step in they need to find some mentors somewhere but their father is not in the fuck seven out of ten when you break it down that way when you bring it down that fucked up mass like that welcome to hardly initiated where real men talk real shit your host tyshawn jackson here with another episode on the new set. Y'all see the new set? On the new set with my co-host Ryan Catches. Hey, this looks good, man. I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like it's been a minute. When we get a new set, I, I, I'm feeling like this probably going to be some of the best podcast episodes we don't put out ever. New set and yeah. a new damn guest. Absolutely. All right, so this listen. This is a big one for Harley Initiated, by my, the way. My, so- <laughs> my softies, I need y'all to go ahead and just turn it off right now because your feelings going to get hurt. Okay, if you don't want to hear something that's real and challenging to whatever you believe and whatever you understand, just cut it off today because we got a real all-American badass on the platform here today. We have a Marine about to give, put a foot up everybody's ass. Leadership Ooh, expert. Hoorah. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. I was just telling you outside when I came here, when you first reached out to me, I, I looked up on your, on your website and I saw you before you released all your episodes and... There was like a couple of YouTube clips. I'm like, all right, these motherfuckers are trying to sell me some marketing <laughs> bullshit or some PR shit. They're going to tell me to get on front of some fake magazine. I'm going to pay them a few thousand dollars. Yeah. And then I'm digging into it, digging into it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not, they never had a white dude on the show before. Now, First now of I'm a thinking, white this, guy. This is someone fucking setting me up. This is a setup. I'm, <laughs> I'm coming there fucking strapped. I'm going to check my firearm in with the fucking airline. This is a true story. This is what I'm going through my head the whole fucking time. And then I'm taking it to the next level. And I'm thinking, all right, they're, they're not trying to sell me marketing. It's not a, a violent setup. So what are they going to They're trying to make me like maybe the martyr. They're trying to make me the one to take it down. They want some good toxic shit to right. get some good clips. They want me to say some stupid shit about race or gender. And right. you know what? You, you may fucking push those buttons. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what the fuck Let's happens. Let's see, baby. Yeah. We're here rocking with Steve Eckert. Welcome to the platform here, brother. Excited. This is the most, the most excited I've been and the most curious I've been for yeah. any, any podcast or event I've done. It's fucking awesome. But no, listen, we, we study our, our guests before we send an invite out um, in, in detail. And based on the issues, you know, what we stand for, the message we want to have, and the impact we want to have on the audience, we reach out to you to make sure we can have your message, your presence, and your energy. And you have been doing great work in the community of men. You have been really doing a great job transforming the guys we have right now, especially in this weak man era that we are in, which we speak on 
uh, frequently is a problem. It's hurting our families. It's hurting our, it's hurting our, our nation. You know, it's hurting our future. And I, I really want to talk about that. Before we even talk about the state of it, I kind of want to talk about even how we got here in the first place. Because I don't, I don't think the general consensus is that men have always been weak, but men are now becoming weak is what the conversation is. Steve, how did that happen? How all of a sudden did men just become these weak creatures or just getting weak? What's, what's the catalyst to that? Everyone wants the like equality and whatever else, right? So the more you try to give, say, women the different leadership roles or power, is there a place for that? Yeah, but all that's doing is to make men weaker, to take the power away from men. Like To me, the, the man is the leader of the house, and that's the way it should be. Also, men use an excuse. They use their, their fucked up childhood or whatever else as, a, as an excuse to just keep that going on because they don't want to put in the fucking work. It's, it's hard work. Previous generations, yeah, they had the traditional ho- household for men, the way men were, but it probably wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal. They were out all the time working, hustling, not really spending that much time, but they were just provider. They thought it was just supposed to be a provider, a protector, and that's it, nothing else. So that change just kept tumbling downhill, downhill, and the women had to fucking take over. The men were, started to fade out, fade out, and then society starts shoving shit down your throat, like all this other stuff you see on the, 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 the news nowadays. Like Everything. It just gets shoved down your fucking throat. Yeah. So for a while, it was that was getting shoved down your throat. The, the women's rights or whatever, is there, there's definitely a place for that. Now it's with the, the transgender the trans and the gay and all right. that stuff. Do what you want to do. Go fuck a goat if you want to do it. But don't <laughs> tell me I need to approve of you fucking a goat or I need to, if I'm not a goat fucker, I'm like racist or some shit. I don't want to fuck a goat. Right. Like, leave me alone. Like, don't force it down my fucking throat. Go do what makes you happy. I'm all about being a, your own freak self. Like, talk about it all the time. Be a fucking freak. But everyone doesn't have to agree with you. It doesn't have to even do what you do. And they, you're almost wrong if you don't promote it and push it. And I think that's probably where it started, somewhere down the line, just shit getting shoved down your fucking throat and... Men not willing to start breaking the cycle. And that once you don't break the cycle, that cycle just goes deeper, 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 dark into this fucking hole. And then the men have no power and they become these, these weak little fucking soft little bitches. Like, I was at my daughter's birthday party two years ago. And I'm there. I'm not, I'm not a social butterfly, if you can imagine. I'm, whatever. I'm not a people person, if you, could, if you call it that. I could imagine that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there with the, all the mothers there dropping their kids off, all their daughters off. So it's me, a bunch of mothers, a bunch of daughters. And my wife's because my wife's setting up. So who the what the fuck was she thinking leaving me to greet them first of all? But anyway, we're at this horse barn, and one of them starts asking me about the project, what this men's personal development program we run. It's very violent, militaristic, fucking, but highest level, the highest possible level of immersive personal development you could have. We call it violent therapy. So she says, "Yeah, I've seen these videos you do that looked really cool," and she says, "All the daughters, keep in mind, all these mothers there, all her friends. There's like ten of them there. All their daughters. There's over ten kids there." She says, oh, if my husband ever did that, he would cry like a baby. He wouldn't last two minutes in that thing. He would just leave and quit and come home. And she's and they, wow. all her friends start laughing. The daughters start laughing. All these fucking women and their daughters are laughing about their soft fucking father who's got fucking bitch tits, and they think it's a joke. Like, wow. that to me is like the fucking problem with the, the, the world, with the country. Any race, any gender, any religion— that right there is the fucking problem. Like that shit is like it's fucking. As it's it's funny, but it's fucking heartbreaking when you think about it. like that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what. Imagine my daughter, my daughter and my wife fucking talking about me like that. Like in front of people. That's why I mean, men are fucking highest rate of fucking suicide, mm-hmm. highest rate of fucking drugs, and all this other stupid shit. The fucking 
90% of, of kids that are, think they're some other gender or some shit are fucking boys that think they're girls. 90%. I don't know if you knew that, but 90 fucking percent. What the, that tells you something about the, their fathers, their, the fatherhood, the leadership they're having. Like, holy fuck. Like, where, where, where is that coming from? And it comes from lack of positive male role models, lack of male leadership, specifically male leadership, both for the son and the daughter. Probably more so for the son, but both the son and the daughter need the male leadership. And when they're led by just the mother, that's why they're now all laughing about this fucking father. Mm. I would, I don't even know, if, if, imagine seeing that conversation happen about yourself, with your fucking daughter and your wife. It's emasculating. That's truly emasculating right there. Yeah. I, I can't think of much. I would never, I'm not a suicide. I've never been one that's like, oh, I had these thoughts. I put a gun in my mouth. It's just never been me. It's just not my fucking thing. Not my thing. I'm not a suicide ain't my fucking thing. <laughs> If there was ever something to get me to even think maybe there is something like that. Like, that's fucked. That's, a, that's the fucking pandemic in this motherfucking country. Yeah. Fucking crazy. I, I, I get it. Let, I, I want you to help us and, and help the audience as well. Um, how, how, how do you identify or rather, how would you define a strong man? It's being, first, being the type of man your, your son wants to become. That's the, the first thing. I think the purpose in life. That's why I asked you to, right before we came on here, personal question about, I know you're not married and have kids, but is that in your future plans being married and have kids? Absolutely. I think the purpose in life is to have kids, is to have sons and daughters. Like that is the, what else is the, what else are we fucking here for if that's not the purpose? To me, that is the purpose of life is to have kids. Why is it that men, how, do you, how does a fucking baby get born? From, from fucking. And why, all, our whole life, all we do is you want to fuck your whole life. So if that leads to us, like you're wired in your fucking DNA to want to fuck, fucking leads to having kids. Like that is our, that is the mission in life to, that's what keeps this fucking rock spinning to make it a better fucking place. Leave it better than you leave this fucking planet better than you fucking found it. The only way to do that is to have kids. So people I think that don't have kids or can't have kids, can they find a purpose in life and a higher calling? Probably, but it's going to be forced. It's going to be forced. I think the real purpose is to mm. to have kids, be a be a fucking father. Like that's that's the way I see it. You, Yo, you gave see, this. That, that was. I, I, well, I don't want to say this real quick because that's huge. Because I've actually never heard anybody describe sex in that way. Because yeah, I agree with you. Most of our life, all of our life, we want to have sex. But of course, I'm, just, I'm sorry to cut. Don't lose your thought. No, you, but the re I came up with that originally when I was younger because I said when I was just whatever, before I was married, and I, I, won't have, I won't talk much disrespectful stuff about that stuff, but before I was married, I would use that as my excuse. You know what? God made me this way. And that's where I came up with that thought when I was like a teenager thinking, all right, why do we want to fuck so much? Well, fucking leads to kids, so I'm not doing anything wrong, but if you go around and just fuck everything in the world, like it's God made me this way. What did he do? But yeah, that's, that's what That's what about. most people think. God made me this way, so I can go ahead and do this, but I actually never put that together. You, it's basically... Uh, your body is working that way to incentivize you to have kids, to incentivize you to fulfill your duty as Explain a man. Explain anything else. Explain any other reasoning for it. It's no other reason. That, and now, damn, and now you gave us, that actually leads to the trinity of, of mastery. I just gave it that name. You gave, you gave these three things that all men need to master to you know, be able to achieve or reach their higher selves. I want you to give that to the men because I think that was beautiful. Yeah, so the, the first is your daddy issues. And I specifically say daddy issues because I think 80%. I go with the 80-20 rule for everything. Probably if you have childhood issues, it's, it's from your father, most likely. So you got the, I call it just the daddy issues for men. They didn't have a positive male role model. From there, it's, it's drugs and alcohol. And from there, it's fucking women, pussy. Like one way or the other. 
and it probably the the childhood issues led to the drugs and alcohol or and porn and whatever other vices they fucking have which lead to the women problems either they're searching for too much or not taking care of the fucking one they have not doing it the right way not leading them being like a, a little bitch like this dude that's getting laughed at by his fucking daughter or or motherfuckers i call up on the phone to sell this program to and they're saying well, if, if, I, if I would spend $15,000 on this program, my wife would leave me. My wife would divorce me. I said, motherfucker, that statement right there tells you you need to do something like this. The fact that she would leave you because you went and spent some money on some program to make yourself a better husband, better father, better motherfucking man, and she would leave you, and that's your mentality. That's the first thing that pops in your fucking head. Or worse than that, he said, they'll, they'll talk about, yeah, we're not doing too good. Our relationship's fucked up. We're, we're not having sex in like a year, year and a half. And then it comes time to, to fucking pay for it, and they have money. Oh, I got to talk to my wife. Motherfucker, you just said she ain't she doesn't have any fucking respect for you. She's like, no, you're a dumbass. Now do that. Go buy me some shit with that money. Said because she doesn't even give a fuck about you anymore. She has no respect for you. So your dumbass is gonna go ask your wife for permission to go do something to make yourself the fucking better man and, and finally find out who the fuck you are and what you're made of and start living life the way you should be living. You're gonna go ask her for permission. Like the word permission comes out. They're asking their wife for permission. Oh, I gotta talk to my wife. Like automatic, it comes out. It's fucking pathetic. Like I, I was, I bought an RV. But after I bought a, moved to California, we bought a house. Part of our lifestyle we wanted to have was have freedom. Part of that was we wanted to live in California. Then the next stage was, all right, we wanted to get an RV because we could, we travel around and have fun as a family. We pulled our kids out of school and we homeschool them. And I personally homeschool them. So think of how those kids are going to be. They're going to be all kinds of fucked up. Right. I said, <laughs> right. Listen, if you, I tell people, if you're coming to me for parenting advice, you're going to be all kinds of fucked up. Because I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know in about 10 years. My son's either going to be like the leader of the free world or a fucking serial killer. We'll find out if my parenting style works. But... I go to get this RV. Me and my son, we watched like five or six YouTube videos to learn a little bit, just so I could learn how to negotiate. I just needed to know some terms so I could go and fucking get their prices down. That's it. I barely even knew what the fuck I wanted. I go in there, literally 10 minutes later, it's like $210,000 RV. I'm like, all right, we want that one. This guy's in fucking shock. He doesn't know what to do. He says to me, this motherfucker, I'm there ready to pay him the fucking money. He says, well, uh, uh, and it's just me and my son. It's like, well, don't you want to uh, think about it? Or, or don't you want to go talk to your wife about it? He said, motherfucker, you're the worst salesman I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm the one supposed to be saying I want to think about it or go talk to my wife. You're, just, you're trying to unsell me, you dumb motherfucker? I'm giving you the easiest sale of your motherfucking life. And you're asking me if I want to go talk to my wife. No, motherfucker, I don't want to talk to my wife. I said, maybe you are used to people who need to go talk to their wife. But I don't even, my wife didn't even know I had it. I, we got that. I showed up the next day. I brought her there to go. I said, oh, we, me, she knew me and the kids went there. She was sick or something. She didn't come with us. We went the next day. I said, yeah, we, wanted, we were just going to go look at it. It was pretty cool. You never saw inside these things. We go there and we fucking drive away with things. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, no, this is our plan. This is our goal. And if I need her permission, to me, that's not a fucking man. Like, you, you, you don't have that respect or trust. She knows I'm not going to make some bonehead move. She has the trust and respect in me as the leader of the fucking house, as the man, the way it should be. I don't need to ask for permission. I showed up with a dog, a second dog one day, just popped up with a dog. She's like, cool, fucking Ricky's here now. I said, meet Ricky. I said, meet Ricky. Meet Ricky. I didn't have to ask her. Right. right Yo, right. wait, Steve, let me ask you this question because I know this is what the ladies are thinking because this is something, so my, one of my number one mentors, my top mentor, my coach, my football coach, now even still my life coach, he was in the Army, he's been deployed, kind of known as, you know, kind of off, kind of crazy, but one of my favorite men of all time. And he said he had to learn, because especially in a relationship, I hear the badass in you, and I know your wife loves that, 
But there's also this side of you having to figure out how to have this softer side of a man to be able to genuinely connect with your wife. Is that true? Like, is this exactly how you are with your wife at all times? Or did you have to learn and train yourself to tap into this other side to be able to connect with your wife? This, like, we, when we do this program, The Project, it's like just torture and hell. And people, people ask, like, during The Project, you, you ready for The Project? You ready for The Project? I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not ready to not be in The Project. They're like, that's the me. The rest of the real, out in the real world, I have to, like, tone it down and put the act on. So, yeah, this is, like, this is how we talk in our house. Like, it's, people, oh, you curse in front of your kids. How can you, you say you're a good role model, but you're, you're cursing in front of your kids all the time. First of all, they won't say it. They have the respect, and they know not to fucking do it. And if, if the worst thing I did in a day is fucking talk a lot of shit and curse a little bit, that's a pretty good motherfucking day. If that's mm-hmm. the worst thing you could say about me, like, did you hear about all the other shit I fucking did? And that's what you have to say about me? So, but yet, is there a soft side? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever put that as one of my characteristics. <laughs> but I do believe that, like we also talked about, a man having a woman with him is going to be... First of all, say you have a mastermind. Like if you if you ever read any of Napoleon Hill stuff, early stuff, of course, of course. Uh, outwitting the devil. If you ever ever read one that, of my favorites, beautiful classic. Uh, owning how to own your own mind. He talks about the mastermind principle, and in the mastermind principle, like you two have a mastermind principle. You know how yeah. you you multiply that, add a woman into that mix. It fucking elevates it because you have a whole. You need. I need shit. I didn't have a woman to bring in some of that softness and empathy and all those other traits of a, of a woman. It, I don't even know. I wouldn't. Even, the, the, the whole fucking city would burn down. I don't even know what the fuck would happen. <laughs> Atlanta wouldn't even exist. I don't even know what the fuck would happen. So I need that. You need that as a man. And so if you bring a woman into the mix, that's a multiplier. If you bring a woman into the mix, and this is a, a fucking trade secret. If you bring a woman into the mix in your business and has the same, is in the same type of thing as you and has that same passion and drive for you, not is that just a multiplier. That's a fucking force multiplier. You are unfucking beatable Imagine that. Imagine your, not just your, house partner your life partner your business partner is your fucking wife like that's what we've done since the beginning like everything else can go to shit what do i have to worry about it's still i still have someone that has my back will kill for me die for me never have to worry about anything someone's always going to support me yeah i'm always going to be the one doing the fucking work and and carry that's why we have fucking shoulders to carry the fucking load but i'm always going to have that support to keep that and i won't say balance i hate fucking balance balance is fucking boring balance is fucking average balance is mediocre but it's going to bring that chemistry and that symmetry i love the word symmetry into the mix fuck yeah i need that that to build that symmetry otherwise if it was just this without that to add in that blend it's a i would just be here a woman a a woman into the mix will bring you here a woman that's your wife in business with you fucking unstoppable force multiplier and the thing is most motherfuckers can't do that so They, they tell me they tell me oh if me and my wife work together we'd kill each other Motherfucker, you're at the wrong bitch if that's what you have to say. Yeah. Mm. Like, holy shit. We kill each other if we work together. We work from home. We live together. Our kids are home all the time because we homeschool them. That's like, what could be fucking better? That is the life. That is motherfucking right. freedom. That's the American motherfucking dream to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give context to the audience because you guys probably don't know. You haven't done enough research. Man, Steve's family is, is incredible. Oh, you yeah. Know, his, his kids are highly intelligent. Even watching them speak... Their critical thinking. Just he, he's brought them on a podcast. The questions that they were asking, they were digging deep. So 
you might be looking at this judging like this this guy is off. Is like right, I mean, he's crazy. This guy's crazy. I well, there might why be on some with that part, but yeah. And 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 honestly, you're right. He is he he might be a little off for sure. <laughs> but when you come down to it, like he's really pouring into his family and very principled in that way. That's a I, I could tell that's a very important part of you know what you stand for as a man you even said that a man should a man's son should be his best friend and you said one of the biggest problems is as you talk to men you ask them and you surveyed them most of the men stated that or was it the sons the sons yeah so we do a father-son program for for young men 13 to 15 as they're going into manhood it's kind of a rite of passage it's it's a toned down version of the men's thing we do but they're doing ice baths together they're doing a lot of hard physical training we're putting them through this pretty tough experience together, a bonding experience for them, a a relationship building experience, a rite of passage. And usually I go off with, when we do split them up, they do some stuff together, we split them up. I usually go with with the men, with the fathers, and other instructors go with the sons. But there's a one point where I want to connect with just the sons alone. So I get, I go with them for about 30 minutes. That's all they'll let me have with the kids because if I'm with them for longer, we'll do all, we'll we'll, we'll do all kinds of fucking felonies together. I don't know. I'll tell them, (laughs) I'll tell them all kinds of shit, but I asked them a couple questions. I say, what, what percent do you feel like you know your father? And they say, the average was 20%. Then I say, what percent of you, how many of you think that your father's your, your best friend? And less than 40% think that their father's the best friend. I'm like, holy fuck, they don't know each other. It's not even their best friend. And these are the people who are coming across the country and spending this money. I, call, I say, they're the top, like I told you, they're the top 1%. Like, these are the ones that are really pouring into their kids. These are the quote-unquote good parents. Yeah, the, the good ones that only know them 20% and only 40% feel like they're their best friend. And they can't talk to them about things that they want to talk to them about. And they're talking to me, this fucking idiot they're talking to instead of their father. Like, wow. holy fuck. In front of a bunch of other strangers and in front of me, they're talking about shit that they don't feel comfortable talking to their father about. Like, holy shit. And that's the top. That's the cream of the crop. What do you think is the main deterrent uh, that is preventing the, the father and the son from connecting in the household? The, the, it's, it's hard work. It's uncomfortable. The father, men don't do hard shit enough. They don't put themselves in uncomfortable positions because it's uncomfortable. They feel weak. They feel like it's not having those tough, meaningful conversations they think is, makes them less manly. Now, do they have to sit there and be crying and, oh, you need to just tap into your, your, your feminine side. I don't believe in that at all. I don't think you need to at all. That's the problem. It's forced down the throat. Oh, you need to tap into this and tap into that. Motherfucker, no, you don't you need to tap into being a man and being a leader and having those tough conversations. Sometimes looking at another fucking man in the eyes, your son, that's fucking could be tough, but it doesn't get done. We get grown men in, in, the, in the project that we make them give each other feedback. And you want to see a fucking grown man, sometimes very successful, multimillionaire, married with kids, squirm like a little fucking bitch make him stand nose to nose toes to toes another man and have to give him feedback straight into his eyes in person not hiding behind a fucking keyboard or behind a text message in person and they fucking crumble they'll look at the ground they'll fidget and we're talking big fucking grown men they don't even know how to do it like it's just too uncomfortable they don't want nose to nose eye contact with another man giving them feedback you say most men can't take that they can't they don't know how to they don't know how to give it they don't know how to receive it they don't know how to ask for it. They don't know how to want it, have hunger for it. Like, shit, I need, I have hunger. I ask my kids for feedback. How am I doing as a fucking father? How am I doing as a man? Like, I want to make sure my kids show up to my fucking funeral. My father died, like, last year, and I had a class. He died, I was in, I was actually in Atlanta. We were in Atlanta for a, a, a leadership workshop. Mm. And I got a note, I got a message right before I was ready to go speak to these, like, 40 entrepreneurs that my father died. And I jump, jump on stage, have to go kill it, do it. 
Text my sister right after. This was on a Thursday. I had a class of the project starting on Tuesday. I texted her, said, if the funeral is not on Monday, I ain't going to be there. Wow. I got this thing to do, and it's fucking important, and I'm going to do it. Like, I have my first tattoo was right on my hand, a logo of the project, after we had the first class. It means a lot to what we do about us as men and, and helping these other men. So imagine that. Imagine you die, and your son says, if it's not on this certain day, I ain't going to make it. Then I have a sister in Florida who didn't come to the funeral. It was... She was too, she was too and, busy. And I'm she gonna was busy. I'm, I'm going to give busy. the audience some back, a, a backstory on this because I mean, we talk about all the time, especially in our community, we've had a lot of issues. All of my closest friends, we didn't have a father present, whether it was because, you know, it was divorce, whether it was because the father passed away, whatever the case it was. But I had five good friends growing up. None of us had our biological fathers in our lives. That's a fact. That's Whole Steve, neighborhoods with, with single mom households. Crazy. That was yeah. very, it was very normal to have a single parent household. Now, Steve comes on the platform, totally different background, totally different neighborhood. This guy, look, look at the guy. Guy, this is a white guy. Right? <laughs> and the funny thing is, we're having unfortunate similarities with the fact that Steve also grew up with a, a father who we're, I'm going to quote my, my guy, Coach K, who was present but didn't have a presence this is a father who was in your home. You said you never had a conversation with him. He never said he loved you. Never had a bond with him all the way up until he passed away. And now you're pretty much putting contingencies in place on whether or not you're able to attend his funeral. Yeah, That's some sad shit. Never had a, in 19 years before I left with the Marine Corps, never had a single conversation with him. Never got a hug. Never once said I love you. All the way up until the day he died. He went on to it. He went in. Let, he, knew his, he knew he was done the last couple of days. He knew it was the end. He knew he was done. Never fucking... Said I love you. Never, never, never threw one catch. Never showed me how to change a fucking tire. Never taught me a thing. One convert. Well, never a conversation about anything, let alone girls. I had to figure that shit out on my own. Yeah. Which is why I probably did some stupid shit. Right. All but, of us. Yeah. yeah. Nope. And and that goes across the board. Yeah. It's is no race and and gender. There's the, the divorce rate. You know the divorce rate is what like fifty one percent they say is a divorce rate. You know what the divorce rate is for millionaires and billionaires? Same fucking thing. Wow. It's across the board, race, religion, fucking income. Probably when it gets up there, it, they've done studies, it might even start increasing when it gets up higher with the more success when, when, when people are rich. One in, I think one in, 40% of kids are born into a single family home. 40%. So think about this. Think about this fucking number. Like, break down this fucking math. If 40% of kids are born into a single family, how many think of those are mothers? The mother is going to be the single 80% at least. Of course. Probably more. Right. So now, that's four out of every 10 are with the mother. Single family. If the divorce rate is over 50%, that means those remaining six that weren't born to a single family home, three of them are now going to a single family home, which 80 or 90% is going to go with the mother because that's just the way the fucking system works. So you're talking about three and four, seven out of 10 don't have a, a fucking in the home positive male role model. They could bring in a stepfather that might yeah. step in. They need to find some mentors somewhere, but their father is not in the fuck seven out of ten when you break it down that way when you bring it down that fucked up math like that it's, i was telling uh, tyshawn i mean we've had whole holiday celebrations you know christmas uh easter thanksgiving where it's been 20 women and, and me it's just like literally generation of generation just no strong men so i want to actually talk about the daddy issues uh i want to stick there because we've had you know a few therapists and things like that come through the show and usually with you know, and I'm not saying that therapy doesn't work, but usually what they would recommend is some level of going back and revisiting the trauma and trying to identify and investigate this past area of your life. Now, me personally, I'm not saying that that can't work. I just always kind of thought, like, do you really have to? I mean, I know some fucked up shit happened. Do I have to go through and talk about and relive all those old things or can I just 
is there some solution where I can just start fresh and start getting my shit together? Like, what would you recommend is the best way for a man to go back and resolve some data issues? Stop being a little bitch. (laughs) Seriously, stop. Like, how long? We got got guys show up to these programs, and and I do one-on-one coaching with entrepreneurs and stuff that are 50 years old, still fucking bitching and moaning and whining about their daddy issues. Like, motherfucker... Like, how, how long can you claim daddy issues? Like, there comes a time you need to be a fucking grown-up. Put on your big boy pants and fucking start living your life. When I, when I used to own a gym in New York, there was this woman. I did a, a consultation with her. She had, like, 50, 60 pounds to lose. Fucking overweight. And she's talking about it's a baby weight. I'm like, all right, that's cool, whatever. And I just had a kid. She just had a kid. So she's, she's like, yeah, it's four, my kid was, like, 16 months. Hers was 14. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome, 14 months. Like, you know, they're starting to walk and fall down and this and that. I'm just connecting with her. She's like, no, 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 14 years. I'm like, bitch, you can't be claiming <laughs> you can't be claiming baby weight on a 14-year-old motherfucker. Like, are you kidding me? Like, when are you gonna like let go of that shit? Let go and fucking grow. Like, holy shit. Oh, Same wow. thing with daddy issues. Like, yeah, yeah. all right, boo fucking who? Poor little me. My daddy never fucking threw a football to me. So I'm gonna go and be a fucking loser? Like, there's there's a, a old a story about there's there's a, a millionaire and a fucking homeless crackhead. They asked the homeless crackhead, how'd you become a homeless crackhead? He's like, well, my daddy abused me. He neglected me. He was a, a crackhead also. So I became a homeless crackhead. They asked his millionaire twin brother, how'd you become a millionaire? Well, my daddy was a crackhead. He abused me. He neglected me. And that's how I became a millionaire. Like, make the fucking decision. And, and that's what I was talking about before, about, about, about black people. Like, if you want to, let's, let's go there while we're, here, while we're on the topic. Yeah, do we, I mean, do we have the same issues with black men and white men? Hell or yeah, just, they do. But okay. even, it's even worse but you, have, you don't even realize it. You have a fucking advantage. You have a fucking advantage. I'm going to break it down. Like, and I asked you before, do you believe a black person can get advice from a white person on it? Do you yeah. believe a man can get advice from a woman or a woman? Like, yeah. You can get advice from people outside your culture. Do you, believe, do you think that black people have more adversity in general in the country overall than white people? I would say yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Do you think you had a rougher past in general than white people? Yeah, history. I would yeah. say, oh yeah, history, historically, yeah. yeah There's, sure. you had harder times, hard childhood, rough life. You dealt with a lot. Fucking, be- I agree with that absolutely 100. percent The problem is, the majority, probably again, the 80. I always just go to fall back on the 80 20 rule. 80 percent, because I when I had my in New York, I had my business. It was right on the borderline of a black neighborhood and a Jewish neighborhood. 80 percent of the black people would take that and use that as an excuse to not have a good life. Like, you are built, black people are built to be fucking entrepreneurs. Like, you've dealt with the hardship. You've dealt with the struggle. What could fucking knock you off? Like, big deal, you're going to start a business that's going to fail. You've dealt with so much shit already. Like, just like we were talking about, athletes and military are meant to be entrepreneurs. Like, they, guys that get out of the military, we were talking about that, they, they're used to that structure, and they get mm. out, they don't have that structure, and they crumble, and they fall apart, and they go through PTSD and all this suicide stuff instead of realizing oh, I can do this because of that. I'm not going to use it as a crutch. I'm going to use it as a fucking springboard to propel myself. The shit that, in general, that black people have been through, you're built to be fucking entrepreneurs. They just don't see it. They use it as an excuse and as a crutch to not to hold themselves back instead of saying, you know what? I'm fucking built for this shit. I've fucking been through it. What's the, what could happen to me now? I'm fucking impenetrable. Look at the shit I've been through, whether, it's, whether it was a, a, abuse or you're in a bad neighborhood and you came out of that and survived. You're fucking hard as nails. You fucking have been through more than most people have. That's what entrepreneurship is. It's fucking chaos, no matter what you are. So imagine going into it with that mentality. Like, you are built for this shit. 
black people are meant to be on, like you have such an you have an advantage in entrepreneurs when you think of it that way. It's a mindset. The, so flipping the switch. Basically saying these people don't even believe in their own testimony. They don't even they don't even see themselves as, as having gone through all of that and still made it out. For whatever reason, they just kind of they think they can't make it to that next level because they went through this stuff. Motherfucker, that stuff is what's going to let you fucking explode to that wow. next level. Use it. Weaponize your weakness. Like, turn your suffering into a fucking superpower instead of a fucking excuse. That's what they use, is make it as an excuse. Like, you've been through hardship. Look at, if you look at most successful people, millionaires, billionaires, I, most of them, you hear, you hear the stories all the time. They came to this country with $20 in their pocket. And now they're fucking billionaires. The worst story, the worse the story, the more success. So if you yeah. think as a, as a black man that it was kind of factory installed hardship and rough childhood and rough life, you fucking you have a head, you have a, you're ahead of the game. Mm. Like you've already been hardened for it. You've been, you're bulletproof for it. Like nothing, you, you're fucking meant to be entrepreneurs. You just don't, most people just don't see it. And I saw that in those communities, the, the black community and the Jewish community. Those are our two clientels, like right on the borderline. And the, the black community would think, oh, poor me. This happened to me. They're going to go do the gang shit, hustling. If they did get some success, not share it with their people and try to put everyone else down because they think if they have to get an advantage on them. The fucking Jewish community, some of them were extreme. I don't know if you know the, like, the Hasidic Jewish community with the, the black hats and the yeah, curls and all yeah, that. Yeah, I, mean, if they yeah. I don't know if they have them right here, but in New York. Yeah, New yeah. York. Uh, right, right. Tons of them. <laughs> they said, you know what? Do you believe Jewish people had a pretty hard fucking past in history? Right, of course. More, pretty fucking recently. They said, we're going to take this hardship and use this as an advantage. We're going to learn how to not make those same mistakes. They fucking stick together. They lift each other up. Someone's house burns down on the street. They're all chipping in to fucking help them pay their bills. Someone has a death in the family. They're all paying for the funeral. Someone gets a, makes some extra money. They're, they're helping each other out. They're, they're teaching and coaching and bringing people along for the ride. They're mentoring the young men in the community. Over on the other, uh, in, the, in the black community, they'll get some success and they'll use it to fucking go against it. They don't want to share. Like, second you make that realization that you are hardened for this shit, and then you say, all right, I'm also now going to be the one to break the cycle and take my people along for the ride and elevate them with me, co-elevate, like fucking unstoppable, mm. bulletproof, impenetrable. Wow. That's a take. When you've, you've obviously mentored, you know, led plenty of men, the men that you see that are typically stronger men, is there some kind of consistent past that they've had to produce that product? Or does this, is it literally a crapshoot, you know, on the, out, you know, on, you know, the, the, the past and who that man ends up becoming. It is. It's what we just talked about. It's, that, it's almost always hardship, suffering, pain, sacrifice, fucked up childhood, but then this making the decision, all right, I'm going to use this as a fucking strength instead of a weakness. I'm going to weaponize my weakness. It's exactly what we just said. That's the consistent thing. Wow. 80% across the board, at least, is a hard life, hardship, struggle, fucked up childhood, but I'm going to decide to do something about it. That's why there's not that many people that do it because not many people are willing to do that. They just use it as a fucking excuse. So I fucking tattooed on my damn arm. No excuses. Yeah. Like, don't use that bullshit as an excuse. So that is the common pattern. That's a common theme is hardship. Like, no great success or any amount of money or great family or anything, no great success or high achievement ever came without a significant level of suffering, sacrifice, a whole lot of motherfucking pain, and failure and fuck-ups or even a, to the level of abuse, just suffering. None, for the most part, was without that. 
across the board. Hard wow. times create strong men. Strong That's make like, strong make yeah. create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. Fuck yeah. facts, so we facts, in the we facts. in the latter end of of that cycle. that uh, that yeah. cycle right now, where oh, yeah. we've had abundance, we've had some good times, and you know we 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 have an um an, an abundance of weak men right now. And when you talk about that therapy, you call your program violent therapy. Violent right? therapy. So you we have the introspective therapy. Traditional modern therapy. It's not real therapy. <clears throat> we say it as a phrase. It's, it's not therapy. I'm not a therapist. First of all, if someone's coming to me for nah, the therapist, we, 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 we just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. And just so just so the audience <laughs> understands, when we're talking about his program here, your program, just give give a quick snapshot of what when we talk of violent therapy, what exactly is your program for men? It's a 75 hour immersive in person personal development program for men to kill the inner bitch and unleash the beast of a man that's within every fucking man to take those sufferings and turn them into fucking superpowers, to flip the switch from that bitch to the beast. Every man has a beast. All we need, to, the problem is most men don't know how to fucking control it. That monster, that savage, the man, it's fucking testosterone. We're built that way, we're built for it. They just know how to control it. Once you could weaponize that, I love the word weaponize. Fucking weaponize everything. Weaponize your fucking manliness. Weaponize your masculinity, weaponize your testosterone. They don't weaponize it, they, let, they, they turn it into a, a little bitch. So we help them flip the switch from a bitch to a beast and make them become even better husbands, fathers, leaders, and just men. In, and that's, that's what it's all so about. That's, so it's and that's women. the violent, that's what we call, but when we're talking violent therapy, we're talking about that program right there, just to right. be clear, guys. Now, it's some women listening to this, and unfortunately some men as well, who would listen, hear that, and they're like, yo, I'm going to turn this off right now. This is uh, what, we, what they would consider toxic masculinity. So what, what are your thoughts about that? Is there a such thing as toxic masculinity? Like, what would you say to the woman that suggests, hey, men shouldn't, you know, have that type of program or that's toxic? Like, what would you say to her? You can't say much. Women don't. That's why we have it just for men. And we've had women say, oh, can I join the program? Why is it not for women? Well, because I don't know how to make a better. I'm not going to make a better woman. Mm. There's women can't understand men, what they're going, the shit that we hear, the stories that we hear in there, the things that men go through. Like, they just they can't understand that. And it's nothing against, like, we can't understand certain shit about women. Right. Like, we're not fucking women. They can't understand certain areas about why something like this is needed. Men have to find, men, men, we're mission-oriented. We have to be on that mission. We have to find out who the fuck we are, what the fuck we're capable of, who we truly are deep, deep inside. When shit gets crazy, shit gets dark and nasty, how are we going to respond? How are we going to react? Are we capable? Are we capable? Do we have what it takes? We have to find that out. In one way or the other, we have to find out. And men are too afraid to find out because they're too afraid of the work or how hard it's going to be or the challenge it's going to be. And they don't even want to find out. And, and unfortunately, most men fucking die ever finding out who the fuck they really are or what they're capable of. I, I can imagine that. And, and I ask you that because it's mixed messages out there. Like, it's messages from women and messages from men saying that, you know, this such thing is toxic masculinity. And I think that, you know, men are listening to women. And... You know, me personally, I'm just like, why would you take this counsel? Well, because I, I understand a, a man's thought. Some men, they're like, yo, if a woman is telling me I should be like this, this, and this, then I want to please that woman, and I actually want to bring that. But my perception of that is, hey, that woman, although she is verbalizing to you one thing, in actuality, she really wants this other thing. So... How would you advise a man? To, I mean, would you say that a man should even take counsel from a woman in terms of how to be a better man? Or is that something he, sh he should just only take advice from men who are proven to be strong men? No, in a come, you need, definitely need counsel. Like I was saying before, okay. that whole mastermind principle, you need that extra edge. You need that, that force multiplier. But they, women want 
in general, women, except you talk about your alpha women and whatever else, and that's a whole different topic, but women want a man. They want a leader. They want a strong a leader. They want someone they could respect and feel safe with that's fucking disciplined, mission-oriented, and going to fucking take care of them and their, their, their nest. So when they come out your program, and I know you get some responses from these women, uh, what types of things, just some highlights of some types of things that these women are saying that change after a, man, after a man goes through one of your programs? I haven't seen the man who showed back up that came back from the dead in over 20 years, shit like that. Whole different rebirth, reborn. Wow. Like we hear that all the time. Reborn. There's a new, a new dude. Hell yeah. Not even, not even a, a, a better version. It's a, a fucking new version. Like they're going through some, think like shock treatment, like ki literally killing that inner bitch. And I told you, we literally have them dig a hole in the ground, put themselves in an actual coroner's body bag. We fill up dirt on top of them in the hole and they're there for close to 10 minutes sometimes more. Close, to, literally close to death because they're going to run out of air eventually. And we give them some cues to sit there and contemplate while they're there in their own grave that they just dug. And it's called the dash. I mean, your, your tombstone says the day you were born, the day you died. All that's in between that is a fucking dash. What have you done so far on this dash? Where have you fucked up? We want them to reflect on that. And what are you going to do when you fucking dig yourself? We have them fucking scrap and claw themselves out of this fucking hole. What are you going to do different now that you realize you have these breakthroughs and these reflections, these aha moments? You're flipping the fucking switch from that bitch to the beast. And, and how are you going to live the rest of that dash, whether it's one more fucking day or another 100 years, how are you going to live that fucking dash from this point? I love the, first of all, the phrase bitch to beast, we gotta, you got to trademark that shit. First that, off, right, that right, is like, we take it. That's legendary. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when I think about it, going back to what you stated, when I think about it, I don't think a, a, a woman can tell a man, you know, how to do things. I just think that they can give good feedback when you're fucking up. I think that's like, a woman is like the, the best check engine light for a man that some shit is not right. Even when I think about my, my own personal experience, I'm, I'm a single guy. So, you know, typically when shit gets too tough in my life, when it comes to, you know, any woman that I date, and, you know, or when I'm talking about, like, especially as it relates to what I'm building, I'm like, yo, I'm just tossing women to the side and I'm just, I'm just focusing on this shit. I got this one young lady that I'm kind of rocking with, more serious, on a more serious end of the spectrum. And now, it's, it was kind of crazy. I had this situation where I was kind of fading away to the black a little bit. And like, I, I don't know if, you know, this, this might be a little too much because this shit's getting kind of crazy here. Mm -hmm. And it was funny. She made a statement. She said, wow, this actually is a different side. She said, because, I mean, I think of you as just a man that can just, you know, handle everything. And I, I kind of questioned, like, is this something that you'll do? Like, 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 if you had a family, like, would you just consider to just, you know, toss everything to the side because things are getting tough? I, I never saw you as the man that would potentially even cower away from, you know, this challenge because I see you as a man that can handle anything. And I remember when she said that, she said the word cower, I wanted to snap my fucking phone <laughs> in half. And she said it so eloquently that I was pissed the fuck off and also I was checked all in the same, all in the same light. And I was like, you motherfucking right, I'm not the man to cower away from this shit. <laughs> and it was weird because she now, it was weird how she put it it was, like a, it was like a, it was like a, it was, it was definitely some manipulation because I felt motivated all in the same breath. Their checking is going to be manip manipulation. They have to, that we need that sometimes. We need yeah. that check. That, and and yeah. that's exactly what it is. Cause yeah. I felt motivated to say, what the, f you're right. I could, this is light. I can handle this, 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 this shit is nothing all of a sudden. But back to what you stated, that's what you said. Like a woman can be able to give you this feedback on your performance at any given time. But I don't think they're able to give you the fucking steps 
right? I don't think they're able to really mold you and carve you up. Like you're like exactly like the program that you de decide like, that you designed for your guys or just the feedback that a man can give you in general. But I do think that they can really give you some, you know, uh, uh, be a be an indicator of what's going right or wrong. They can give counsel. They can give you suggestions, ideas. They can check you for sure. Like my son, one of my goals in life when I was a, like all the success I have and, and I've already talked about my father a little bit, but I, I was a kid. I looked at my father and I said, I want to be nothing like that motherfucker. So. He taught me without even knowing about it how to be an awesome father and how to try to be a decent husband. I'm sure my wife will say something fucking different about that, but to try to be a good husband and be a, a, an awesome father. And my goal so much from having a fucked up childhood is to be such a good father, especially to my son, mm. of course to my daughter too, but my son, like we are just, we're together 24 hours a day. We, we travel around, we've, we've driven across the country back and forth, just the two of us before, from California to New York and back just for fun. Like, we're always connected. And she had to check me one time. She's like, I know you had this fucked up childhood. You're trying, to un you're trying to have this great relationship with your son. She's like, don't forget about me over here. You know, she had to get checked on that. I start, you start even slipping up on that way, going too far extreme mm. and, and not give. She had to check me on that. And, and, and I was like, fucking copy that, you know? How, wow. do you, how do you accept that? So how do you, how do you take that? How do you receive that feedback as a man? Like when you because I know it stings a little bit when you get that. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how do you respond to that? With, with action, which the not, not neglect, because I probably, start, probably started meant, meant that I started to neglect her a little bit. So you just give that more attention, more attention, intention, back into scheduling date nights and stuff. Like any, any married men out there that don't have a, a date night on the calendar, like Thursday night, 6 p.m., we go out. Like that's it, non negotiable. And if I'm away, if I'm traveling, we, we have a makeup time. And we, we have these programs, these men too. We go to these leadership things with the top entrepreneurs and ask, how many of you have a, a date night on your calendar, fucking one or two people out of like 200 that they're having a regular date night with their spouse. I say, okay, how about this? If I were to open up your fucking calendar right now, what percentage of your calendar would be business? And I already know the answer, but it's always going to be 95% to 100% of their calendar is business. They'll have fucking appointments with their salespeople to make money with their team. They'll have employees, their lowest level employee, the shitbird who's not making them any fucking money, who they need some <laughs> discipline. And... They'll sit there and put it on the calendar to meet with this fucking bag of shit that to, to, and spend all this time to mentor this person that they know in their gut should have been gone a fucking year ago. They'll have a fucking one-on-one -on -one meeting on their calendar with this fucking bag of ass on their calendar, and then they'll have meetings with their partners about how they're going to deal with this person and all this time and effort and energy. They'll go and prepare. They'll have statistics and reports and how many times they were late, all the details for this fucking bag of shit but then won't have their, a, a meeting with their son on the calendar or a date night with their wife. Wow. And they wonder why they're fucked up. Like, and if it stings for any listeners out there that that's their, where they're at, it should fucking sting. And I hope it stings because you're, you're fucked up. Think of how fucked up you are that you don't do that shit. Like if I show you my calendar, it's like 60% is all personal. It's shit for me, myself, for my family, for my kids, for my own personal development. And then there's other business. And guess what? I've still made millions of fucking dollars doing it that way. So if I, this dumbass can figure it out, and still spend more time with his kids than anyone else and still make a shitload of money, it's fucking possible for anyone of any fucking race or gender or religion or any fucking thing, other excuse out there they want to make about it. But people will not fucking schedule that time and, and it, it, they're not doing it. They're doing a disservice to their fucking self and to their family and their kids and they wonder why they have all this stress and anxiety and all this bullshit and they're miserable and wonder why the divorce rate's here and there. They're not fucking putting the... the effort in it's fucking not putting the work in it's, it's so let, simple let me ask you this so you in the, in this intimate relationship you you know you educate people on you got the man and woman right so 
if they're, you know, this is for the women that are still checked into the marriage and they want their man to get some help. And they see that, you know, they maybe even internally, they would think that their man, for whatever reason right now, is weak. How would you suggest that woman communicate to the man that he needs some urgent help? And I get that from men also. Sometimes, shit, we've had women contact us for their husbands. Oh, my God. Think about that. Oh to come to this God. And if, if she's doing that, she's still in it. But yeah. she, she, she knows that's that's the last straw. Out. That's so the last straw. Out. Yeah, that's, that's like pretty much out halfway, halfway out the fucking door already. Right. Yeah, she's it's getting like, fucked while she's... <laughs> basically. <laughs> Can you help us? <laughs> basically. Like, I seen this... I seen the YouTube video, and I just knew that... I, he needs this. He needs this. So... How can they communicate? I don't know if I haven't even even have an answer for that wow. because it's like un, it's mind-boggling to me how you could even be in that position. Like, how can they communicate it? Is probably something straightforward like that. Straightforward about like you need you you what they expect. Like you have an agreement between adults. Like this is how it should be. You are the man. You are the leader. Like you need to step up. Like how how like what you said. You get checked. You get checked like that. It's gonna be like all right. You're either gonna nut up or shut up. Like get the fuck out. Like. You're going to step up or you're just going to crumble and keep being a little bitch and continue to live out a bitch to the fucking day you die. But how can they communicate? Straightforward. Stop beating around the bush. Stop insinuating. Stop waiting. The, 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 stop being passive aggressive because you don't like, like, fucking speak up about it. She's going to have to go into her masculine and just tell them straight up, like, get your shit That's together. why I can't comprehend it because that, to push it to that point where, yeah, basically she has to step up and be the fucking man right. and do it. I can't, it's almost hard to comprehend to push a woman to that level, like it's beyond my almost realm of thought. out of her right. nature. Yeah, Basically, stop being it's a little nature. bitch. Right. So and, okay. And see, and see, what guys, what you can't do in that in that space is, in in any time you get confronted with any kind of feedback or criticism from a man, a woman, or whatever, because a, a lot of guys do this. They meet that with confrontation. Yeah. They meet that with excuses. With feminine They energy. meet that with defensiveness. They meet that with all of this weak ass energy instead of really feeling that sting. Because that's what, that's what the defensiveness does. It stops that sting. It stops the reality in what's really going on, and it keeps you in this safe space of delusion so you don't really have to deal with that shit. But that's, you, you really got to just swallow it. You got to feel it. You got to let that shit sting, and you got to immediately go into action mode where you can now actually start moving in the directions of having some real solutions. Because they think it's not manly. Wow. If they've taken that hit, it's a hit on their fucking ego. And they think a yes. man means, oh, I can't, I got to fight back to that. And that makes me manly. No, it makes you a fucking bitch. You can't take the feedback from your wife, from your woman. You can't take the feedback from it. And you fucking are going to start an argument over it. Like just like last week or a couple of days ago before, before I came out here, I gave my wife some feedback. And she went into that defensive mode. Sometimes that she'll just do it. And start, I said, that, that could be how you react to this. Or you could just shut the fuck up and take the feedback and do something about it, like just making it into an argument. That wasn't the purpose of the feedback. It's to make help make this situation better that we're talking about. It, it was business related. Like you, you getting defensive does nothing. Flipping it around, making excuses does nothing for it. Like you could you could use do that, but that's gonna get us nowhere. Like people can't, like I said, the men can't give or receive feedback. Receiving yeah. is just squirming. They get fucking pissed off, defensive. They want to fucking fight now. Like that's your response to some. Other men giving you feedback? Let, let me ask you this. Do, do you have men that come to your program that have problems with getting physical with their significant other? Hasn't been, hasn't, that they're the ones being fit, they're like abusive? Yeah, abusive. Yeah. Those men, I think, no, we won't get that. Those are like ones, twos, and threes. If you put men on a scale of 10 of where they should be, manhood, manliness, leader, fucking loser, 
those are like one, twos, and threes. They, they won't even show up to something like this. They don't need gotcha. something like this. They'll, they'll be, they're too, they're too far gone. Like, they're too far gone. Wow. They won't even, wow. they wouldn't even look, they would skip the ad. They wouldn't look on it. They wouldn't ever call. They would never, the five, six, and sevens, eights are the, are the ones. You know what? That's a good point. Still have some hope. Give me that spectrum. I, I like that spectrum of man. So, like, in the ones and twos and threes, you're talking about these are guys who's potentially are abusers. Of women, just lose, just losers, losers as men. They're completely gonna, gone. They're gonna die as a fucking loser. They're going nowhere. They're gonna ride that wave out. That mid range, those swing. are average guys. They, they could swing either way. They're gonna either die a fucking loser, or hopefully twenty percent of them are gonna becomes eight nines and tens. Wow, wow, wow. And that's like, and those aren't, those are yeah, those numbers are arbitrary, or whatever. That's the the realm that like literally been talking to and dealing with tens of thousands of men like personally in person and on the phone and in all these different programs all these different father son things and this is what we're seeing like those one twos and threes wouldn't even show up to this shit that's why i say the ones that actually go through the process and show up to stuff like this that's the top of the top that's the one percent and the one percent is still fucked up so so yeah so most guys are in that average range right what does that guy look like like how does a guy know that yo i am average like is is there certain you know, habits that he has? Is it a mindset? Like, just describe this guy because I really want somebody watching this to really feel that shit so they can see themselves in that, if that is that guy. They're getting soft, literally soft physically, not taking care of themselves, not putting themselves as a priority, being a fucking people pleaser, thinking that doing whatever they think that they're supposed to do for the wife, whatever society tells you you should do for women, show your feminine side, they're being all emotional and being little bitches and getting soft and conforming to what they think they're supposed to do and bow and all this other bullshit and instead of being that fucking man they're they're people pleasers they're passive aggressive they're suffering in silence they're holding in all their fucking thoughts and not not getting shit out not getting and giving feedback like we're saying they're holding that shit in they're just balling it up in, in, inside instead of fucking getting it out I'm curious if mm. you are confused about where you are on the spectrum um and I and I bring this up because it was this viral video of this guy it was like this coyote coming to attack uh, one of his kids. And he like grabs the coyote. Oh God, I saw it. He just flushed a fucking <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, That motherfucker's a gangster. <laughs> Holy shit. And it's funny because I, I showed my boy the video and he and his response was, man, like, it's kind of like he wanted to see. He, he was curious about what he would do in that situation. So is there a you way? You should fuck with him. You should go get a coyote and fucking throw him in his door. <laughs> right, 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 right. You want to well, find out, what, motherfucker? Let's find out. That's what I'm going to ask you. Is there a, I guess maybe it's not a safe way, but is there a healthy way to test your masculinity? That's, that's why we do this program. That's what Got I said, you. to find out who the fuck you are. But no, Got you me. should be doing that shit all the time. Men don't do hard shit enough. I every day wake up and say, what's something hard I could do today? What's something uncomfortable I could do today? How could I challenge myself today? How can I, what am I going to do today to get better? What am I going to do to get today to fucking grow and develop? And I ask myself that every fucking morning. I'm doing journaling and meditation. What am I going to do to get better? What am I going to do also to have fun today? What am I going to do to get excited about today? Who am I going to help today? Who can I reach out to today? Who needs me on my fucking A game today? Every fucking morning, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this shit, contemplating on it, visualizing it, writing about it every fucking day. But doing hard shit. I said the, that hard suffering sacrifice is required, but it's not required just when you're a kid. You can't, ju it can't just stop and now it's gotta be ongoing. It keeps you fucking sharp, keeps you on your edge, keeps that fire lit under your ass. Like me and my kids and my family, we do these 24 hour fitness challenges. My son's been doing them since he was eight years old with me. We literally do 24 hours. We did a 24 hour bike ride. We did a 24 hour weightlifting. We just weightlift for 24 hours and count how much weight we could lift in 24 hours. We just did a 24-hour physical fitness test where we ran a mile, did 100 push-ups, 100 squat thrusts, 100 cross, running on the mile for 24 hours straight. He did 16 rounds of that at 11 years old. 
we do hard shit like this all the time because the way I see it now, all right, I had this fucked up childhood. If I'm saying adversity and, and a, a suffering is what you need. And I was saying for black men, you have it factory installed, right? Right, right, right. You're <laughs> built for this shit. Right, right, right. built for this shit. But what if now my son doesn't have that? He doesn't have a fucked up childhood. We live in a fucking over an acre in Southern California, a fucking million and a half dollar home. We got an RV. They have the perfect life. They've got... Our, our living room has three 75-inch TVs side by side in the same room so we could fucking go on Grand Theft Auto and play together online with each other on our own fucking massive monitor. Like, they have an awesome fucking life, but they're going to have to earn it. So I have to manufacture adversity for them now because they don't have it. They don't have a fucked up childhood. So I would be doing a disservice to them by just giving them a great life only without doing shit like we do these 24-hour challenges. We train every day. My son hasn't taken a day off of actual training in o- almost two years now. Like, since he's nine, not a single day off. Like, not a rest day. I'm not talking just exercising. We fucking train. We go fucking hard. Because you have to have that adversity. You have to do that hard shit to keep that fucking edge, to keep that masculinity. Is it right. fucking toxic? You know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's being a man. <laughs> call it whatever the fuck you want, but it's needed. We talked about that. We talked about how they say most wealth doesn't tra- transfer for that same reason. Because the same person that had to come from nothing, that had to get carved up, develop those characteristics, they are not able to recreate that environment for their children once they're able to create that abundance and their children really just end up being soft as hell. And you are now in this abundance that you've created, use the word, you've manufactured that same adversity to make sure that your kids are still able to develop those same skill sets and characteristics that you may have had to develop with an alcoholic father, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, lower middle class home, pretty much all, all the shit that you had to do you're going to figure out how to recreate that all for, for them. You're doing a disservice to them if not, because they don't know how to deal. Then they go out into the real world. The real world is a fucking chaos. It's a war zone. They won't know how to fucking handle it. They won't be built for it. They'll, be, they'll have no mental toughness. Like in, the, in that same program, the project, there's a section where we, we t- kick all the media out, and it's just the instructors, the candidates. We don't even have the junior instructors there. And we go deep and dark, and this is after they're there for about 40 hours, where they're fucking broken the fuck down. They haven't eaten. They haven't slept. They've been fucking tortured and... Then we have a deep, deep conversation. It sometimes lasts three, four hours, and we're going to each individual going deep and dark and internal about the, either the worst thing they've ever dealt with in their life, the most traumatic experience, the biggest thing that's held them back in their life. And there's always a, probably 20% of the men that come there say, you know what, I, I feel bad for even being in this room because they're hearing some horror stories. We're talking fucking horror stories from these other men. They're like, I have nothing. I had a perfect childhood, but I think that's why I'm here. I feel like more as an adult, I feel like I'm probably the most fucked up adult here. But these guys had these horrible childhood. And here I am complaining about having this perfect childhood because they didn't know how to deal with the fucking real world. They were just given the silver spoon. Just everything was just perfect for them. So they didn't know how to deal with adversity or hardship or people backstabbing them or just when, when shit goes wrong, shit goes sideways, they couldn't deal with it. And that made them even more fucked up as an adult and end up having worse vices than the motherfucker who was sexually wow. abused as a child. Wow. Who grows up to be a more functioning adult than the one who had a perfect childhood. So it's a disservice. They have, you have to have that built into you. So I said you have the fucking advantage as, for, as entrepreneurs if you have that already built into you. Like, it needs to be there. You need that suffering. To me, it's like a re- fucking requirement. Wow. So, okay, man, Steve, first off, bro, I love this conversation. This is good. <laughs> I'm motivated, for real. We're about to work out after this. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> do it. Listen, listen, because um, I want to talk to you about perception. And, um, you know, because uh, I, I feel perception is reality. So I want to talk to you about some of the things that you see from the outside and just what your general of the, how you generally would perceive this type of person. So when you see a fat man, what are you thinking when you see a fat man? Can you even say fat nowadays? It offends people. Right, like, it does. Fucking fat. Can we say fat on this show? 
I, I told you before when I when I don't know if I, it was off, if, when we were already on the show. It was off. When when yeah. you when you sent me the invitation to come on the show, first thing I do, I was seeing if you were some fat motherfuckers, and I'll say <laughs> no, thank you. That's it. Nothing else to talk about. Unless you're bringing me on the show to teach you how to not be fucking fat, that's the only thing I would, I would tell you. And I would tell you that. I'm like, listen, you are fat. If you want me on the show to help you not be fat, I will more than I would love to be on there and help you out. Like that could be check. I could that's who I could say. Who could I help today? You, you fat motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> but you weren't fat, so okay, we went to the next step. But I can't have a fat accountant or a fat doctor or a fat fucking tax guy. You're hurting some feelings right now, man. Ma- yeah. Imagine how how that fat motherfucker. He can't keep the fucking Cheetos out of his mouth, but he's going to take care of my numbers and my life. He don't even give a fuck about himself. Mm. Like mm. your own, like your fitness is, is, is a requirement. Like I, I can't even, I can't fuck with you if you're not into working out and you're fit. I just can't, I can't do it. I can't have a conversation with you. I can't comprehend that. How you could not give a fuck about yourself. That's where it all starts. Leaderships. You want to talk about leadership starts with yourself. There's four dimensions of fucking leadership. And most people think they just want being a leader. All right. I have followers. I'm leading men. Mother, that's that's the second level. The first level is you need to lead your motherfucking self first, and if you, that starts like the barest, most primal version of leadership and discipline is fucking for your fitness. Yeah, your physical fitness, but also your mental, emotional fitness. But yes, your fucking physical fitness. How you take care of yourself? Who wants to be led by a fat motherfucker? I right. could not take orders from a fat motherfucker. I couldn't have a fat boss. I couldn't work at a job that with fat people. I couldn't do it. And so the, the next level of leadership. So lead yourself. Then you can lead, you earn the right to lead other people. Then the people that you earn the right to lead, you're developing them into future leaders, but that's still not enough. You stop there. You want to not just develop them into future leaders. You want to develop them into future leaders who also develop future leaders. Once you can do that, get to that fourth level. So I'm thinking of my son. Yeah, I don't want him to just be a follower. I got to first be, my, be the, the role model that I am. That's first stage. Lead him. Check. All right. Teach him to be a leader. Check. But that's still not good enough. Now he just has a bunch of followers and he's only stuck at level two. I need to teach him to create future leaders. Now you're talking about impacting People say, oh, I want to impact the world. All this bullshit that people talk about. I want to make an impact in this. You're talking about impacting 100 people when you go to stage two or three to fucking millions, billions when you go to stage three or stage four. Like creating future leaders who also create future leaders, that fucking effect is boom. It's all, it's, that's fucking impact right there. Legacy. I love that you said that. So you said you, you lead yourself and then you earn the right to lead others. Earn the fucking right every day, every motherfucking day. In the Marine Corps, you had to earn the right of being a Marine every day. You want to be a husband, a father, a fucking man? You have to earn the right to be a husband every day, to be a father every day. Otherwise, you're just a fucking sperm donor. Mm. You think, could you have a kid? You're a father? Fuck no. Makes you a sperm donor until you earn the right to be a fucking daddy every fucking day or a husband every day or even a man every day. You're not, there's a lot of males out there, but not a lot of motherfucking men. Let me ask you this. So if you have a man that's, let's assume this man is in shape and he's successful, quote, quote unquote, and he communicates to you, hey, my wife is overweight and she won't lose weight. Would you say that the like the reason that's likely that she doesn't want to lose weight is for a lack of respect for him? A lack of respect for him? Like, is there, is there, I mean, or, and generally, what do you think about a man who has a fat wife? And he's in shape? And he's in shape. Was she always fat? That's a good question. I would question. say, that's a good, yeah, that's a good question. I know how some of you, you motherfuckers like, some of you guys like fat, fat bitches. Right? <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely not. It, it, so definitely not. It, it is some fetishizing going on in the community for sure. For sure. But let's assume she was, let's, let's, let's assume she was, you know, not, not fat. 
or matter of fact, it doesn't matter. She was fat or not fat. Yeah. What, 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 what do you think? What do you think about that man? If you see that man, he's got a fat wife. What are your initial thoughts about that man? There's something off there. There's something off there. Like, if that's not what he likes, let's just say he doesn't like it. He's not, doesn't like it, not attracted to it. There's something off in that relationship. He is doing something fucked up. Probably him. Probably on his side. Got it. It's almost always us. Like, almost everything goes back. We're fucking idiots. We're fucking men. We, we are knuckleheads. It always goes back to probably something he did caused this. Whatever reason. I'm no fucking psychologist, therapist, but probably it led to some fucking stupid thing he did, said, or whatever. And now that it's in that spot, and I've dealt with this with fucking clients, with one-on-one clients, where they, the exact thing you're saying. Are you happy to where you're at? No. Okay, well, you need to do something about it. If you're not happy or you want to die fucking unhappy, are you satisfied with this? Fucking no. You, you set the standards, you live the standards, you enforce the standards, whatever those standards are. Set them, live them, and enforce them. Mm. Most people just want to set them and enforce them, don't want to live them. So we're saying he's living them. All right, he's living those standards. You need to fucking have those tough conversations. Like, I, I can't be with a fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm, 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 I, I got, I got one. Hold on, I got one more for him. I go got ahead. one more for him because yeah. perception, right? You motherfuckers are trying to set me up to get me to say some weird shit. No, so you, <laughs> so you can get some viral fucking videos, and I can get more motherfuckers spreading me on the internet. That's why I can't trust people when they send me to the podcast because you motherfuckers. No, listen. We want. I mean, listen. You, I, I consider you a very strong man, so I really want to get the. And the thing about it is, what I don't like is when we have guests that want to teeter on the on the middle ground and in the fence. So you have very strong opinions about how you operate, and I'm just very curious what you think. And to be honest with you, it's a lot of men who think the exact same way, but are cowards. And they would never, ever speak this aloud, whether it's with their, uh, on a podcast or if it's with, they, in their personal relationship. And they with these fat women who they're not attracted to, but they don't know, either don't know what to do to get their woman to take that next step to get work, work out, or they're just living in these sexless, unfulfilled marriages where they're not attracted to I guarantee woman. those are the motherfuckers that don't have the date nights, don't have time with the kids, they're working too much. Guarantee it. So it's something that they're doing Fuck to cause yeah. this issue. 80% of the time, at least. 80 20 rule I follow all the time. I can't say I don't disagree with that. So this is my last one. And that, this is because I was talking to a guy that used to be in the Marines. And uh, I think it was Cyrus we was talking to. Yeah. And he said that when he was in the Marines, he got I think he got slapped across the face. His hands was in his pocket. And I was asking him, like, why would somebody do that? You know, And he was basically saying that having your hands in your pocket was a sign of weakness. So then I started thinking, so first of all, I never put my hands in my pockets now, right? Even when it, it, could, be, it could be fucking freezing. I have never put my hands in my pocket, right? So it's also a thing where men now have, you know, and I'm assuming these, some of these men are heterosexual. They have very feminine mannerisms. So one, what do you think about a man when you see that he has feminine mannerisms? And is there some kind of solution to rid a man of feminine mannerisms? It goes back to those numbers that we brought up earlier, those statistics. They grew, if seven out of 10 are just with alone with a mother, being brought up by the mother, it's going to a lot of times lead to that. Not all the time. 80-20 rule, same game. It's going to lead to that. That's all they know. That's how they're fucking brought up. That's, they're taught this is how it to be. And on top of that, 80% of those women that are there are, that they're with guarantee are talking shit about the, the fucking father. Guarantee it. They're talking shit. This motherfucker just starts hating men not trusting men, even them, for whatever reason, it's fucking, fucking crazy. So I think it, start, it starts from there. It goes back to there. And what do I think about men, with feminine? I don't think men are meant to be like that. Do I think some, there, I know some straight, straight ass fucking men that when you first meet him, you're like, this motherfucker's gay. Yeah. yeah. But they're yeah. not. So yeah. there are, are there outliers? Yeah, there's outliers. But 
most of the part. I think it's been manufactured by their, their life, lifestyle, their childhood, being brought up that way. This is how you should be acting. And they're only, that's all they see, surrounded by, uh, around, around by women. But see, here's the crazy thing, because that's so true. And we talked about that. I actually did a poll. We put that out on my Instagram. I, I asked the ladies, can you marry a man with feminine mannerisms? And the answer was resoundingly no. But a woman that's raising a man, she can't help but probably to raise a man with those mannerisms. So they typically end up, if raising a man by themselves, creating a man that they would never even date or want to marry. Yep. So think about yep. it. They're setting them up for fucking failure. They're yep. creating that. Not all of them before. They, oh, obviously, all of them aren't. They're creating that shit, but then they wouldn't even marry. So they're setting that motherfucker up to just have a shitty, yep. miserable life. I wanted you to speak on that because I don't necessarily think that men know that. I don't think that men really, you know, fat men, uh, men who have these feminine mannerisms, men who have fat companions. I don't really think they acknowledge that men, when men, other men see that, they have per immediate perceptions about them. And it does dictate a lot how you move around that person and, and the way you will communicate and, you know, potentially work with that person. So I just wanted you to, to really talk about that because I, I want men to understand that all of those things, don't, don't get me wrong, the internal is highly important. Mm -hmm. But even those things that somebody can see on the outside are very, very important now, as a man. And, I and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna judge them a little bit right off the Absolutely. bat. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. if he's fat, you're judging him right off the bat. He has no discipline. He doesn't give a fuck about himself. Yep. Why is he going to care about anything else? Even if he has a fat wife, like, all right, did she, was she skinny and he treated her so shitty she got fat? Why, or is that, all, is that the best he could do? Like, it sounds fucked up, but... That's you the start thinking, all right, is he that fucked up? This is what, fuck, sounds fucked up, but that's kind of what, those it's are reality. the shit it's that's going situation. through your fucking head. I want to have this question for you then. You said about the fat wife or whatever. Let's say you have an in-shape wife, girlfriend, whatever, and she starts slipping, starts losing it. You start seeing a little, little extra getting to add on. What do you think about that? I think it's the man. I, I think it's the man's responsibility. It's something that he's Should doing. Should he say something to her? Absolutely. 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 Fuck and yeah. It's not, fuck yeah. It, Absolutely. For whatever reason, he hasn't been incentivized her to stay in shape. That's really what I think it is. I think that's the only, because women want to look great for their man. And I think uh, physical attraction is a very much so an emotional need for a man. Because when, I mean, first off, I seen your wife. She's in great shape. I, my perception of you was like, okay, Steve is lit. Yeah. Like, when I see a dude with a beautiful wife that's in shape, I even think better of the dude. Like that. <laughs> and and let, let me add to that, because recently, remember we saw this on a podcast, it yeah. was just stated that women were polled that was given the, you know, the super sexy guy and the dad by guy. Which one would you have sex with? Which one would you marry? Everybody said they have sex with the super sexy guy, dad bod guy, they would marry. And it was mainly because women associate the dad by guy with less pressure. Less accountability. Them, less, less accountability and like less, more security that he wouldn't be going out you know, put, he's going to be their little bitch. He's he, going to be... He's going to be the little bitch. So the thing about it is a man, if you are really at the top of your game, you, you're physically, just physically alone, that puts pressure on your lady right. to make sure she's at the top of hers. So if she starts slipping, most likely you started slipping. That's really what the situation I, is. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's a lot of situations where men are complaining about, you know, um, their wives not even being sexual with them. And I think a lot of that is because the wife is not incentivized to be sexual with them. And, you know, men will quickly blame that on women. And it's like, yo, you know, and I think we was watching something else where the guy, it was like a, a, a blind date, right? But it was between exes. And the man says his complaint for the relationship was the man said that, hey, 
hey, I don't think you, you know, we never really had sex. And then her response, well, well, I wanted to have sex, but you never was assertive about basically ravishing me. So we never had sex. You wanted to put it on the schedule. And I thought about that. And I'm like, man, I wonder how many men right now are complaining about, are claiming that they're accusing their wife of not wanting to have sex with them, but it's literally their wife desperately wants to have sex with them, but they're just not being masculine. I don't think you said it off air. Be fuckable. Be, be fuckable. fuckable. Right. Be fuckable. That should be a t-shirt. Be fuckable. <laughs> right. like, if you think about it, that wraps up, wraps up all of manhood. It does. Not even just on the fuckable part, but that means you're doing the right shit as a man. Be fuckable. True. Take her out on the fucking dates. Do the shit you're supposed to be doing. Give the attention you're supposed to be doing. Don't work so much. Don't be fucking fat be and shame. lazy. Be right. you, they, they come home from fucking work. They gave the best of them to work, and they're giving the extra little fucking shit stain that's left of themselves to their family and their wife, and they get home, and they're all pissed off and carrying that energy back into the fucking house. That is, is that a fuckable person? Hell no. Right. This is, it almost always goes back to the, to the fucking man. That's why I think the man is the leader of the household. Yeah, he's, they're not fucking because of him. He's bitching about her. All right, stop bitching about it and go do something do about something it. Stop about being a fucking loser. Let, let, let me ask you this, too, because, I mean, we, we're big promoters of family, and um, we want us, I, I, I think men, we are going to have to be the catalyst to all of the repair to happen moving forward. And it's, it, interestingly enough, especially in our community, you know, I think they say, like, you know, when it, as it relates to black women, like, black women are, like, the, the least married group of women. And I've heard this amongst my friends and I don't know if this is absolutely true, but they've said that white women just seem to be groomed for marriage. Like the way they were raised, they were just kind of groomed to be wives. And as a man who's at home raising his daughter, is that a myth? Or is there really something that you do as a man to make sure that your daughter is prepared to be a good wife? I don't know, in, in my house it wasn't fucking groomed that way in my white house, but in, when I was a kid, I'm saying, but now that's what I said. My goal every day is ask myself, was I the type of man my son wants to become? Am I the type of man my daughter would want to marry? Wow. Am I the type of man my wife will respect and feel safe about? Ask myself that every fucking day. That's how I judge my day. That's how I judge my success in my day. If I can answer yes to all those three things, it's a fucking win. Mm. Not even about money. If I do those things, I know money in abundance is fucking coming. So can it be groomed a little bit? Yeah, of course it can. Uh, I think there's another way, like, another way you have to think about it. All right, if black women, you said, are the most un unmarried? The least married least group of women eth ethnically based on statistics. And it's, it's lots of... Why do you of, think that is? Um, well, I think it's because <laughs> of the strong father not is present in the household. I mean, they haven't seen what a strong man looks like. They haven't seen what a successful, loving, you know, marriage looks like. But are they like. seen out there in the pool, in the, in the dating pool? Are they seeing that in what's available to them? That's a good point. That's a really good point. I mean, if you ask... I, I would if say you, no. So now imagine, no. this is another place you need to... Wep that's, is that a weakness? Yeah. Can you weaponize that? Fuck yeah. So that's why dudes like you, you need those other black men to still keep doing those same bullshits. Because now when you show up, the way you show up... Confident in control, you are gonna stand out like a motherfucker. And out of right. all the women there, you're gonna have the fucking pick. You have the greatest pool of women to choose from because the other men are ineligible. They're the unfuckable ones. Yep. The 20% that are are gonna be, have availability to them 80% of the fucking women. Like you have the advantage there. Like you have to flip that fucking switch. No, your head. And, see, and see, that's the case. No, I, I, we find that like when it comes to me going out, and if I if I really wanted to go out and wreck havoc. I absolutely could because that really is the case. And Most the standard women, is so low. I mean, oh, absolutely. It's like you, 
you know, you, I remember walking up to a table. I, I was I met a young lady. I walked up to a table. I asked the guy. I said, hey, you mind if I take this chair? And he was like, yeah, yeah, take it. And she was like, oh, so masculine. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, because I asked, because we need a chair, and I asked the That's dude. That's all it takes to stand out That's and to be like the man. Well, yeah. masculine. Right, right. <laughs> You're like immediately like, fuckable. I was just asking if you could take a chair. Crazy. Like, think about that saying about just the general fucking population. It's, it's sad. So it is, you know, from a selfish standpoint, it's super dope that the standard is so low and I get to walk in the room and be the most fuckable dude in the room. <laughs> but it's also sad as shit yeah. on a macro yeah, level yeah. that that's happening because that alone lets us know where we are on a higher level. And that lets us know that, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, that's not a good indicator for the next generation that we're going to be able to fix this shit. Because again, I truly believe it's on the men. For us to be able to make the biggest leaps forward, it's going to be on us to be able to, like you said, go from bitch to beast and lead a family that's going to lead another, create another great family. Who's those leaders that are creating future leaders? The purpose, if the purpose in life is to have kids, because that's how we're wired to, we want to fuck, which leads to having kids. And the purpose is to have those kids and then... You, the, also, the leadership means developing f future leaders who also develop future leaders. That's how you fucking swing it. Go have a bunch of fucking kids and be a good father. Like, shit, if I didn't start so late, I would have had more fucking kids than two. Mm. Like, that's what it's about. Have, we're meant to have kids. That is the purpose in life. That is how you fucking change it. Now, if I, my son, shit, the, the impact he's going to have on this fucking world in one way or the other is going to be a million times more than me. A fucking million. Holy shit. Like, that's what needs to get done on a mass scale. If even 20% going according to my 80-20 rule, if only 20% of men did that, it would overpower the 80% of fucking bitches. Mm. It would, the, the, because you would create so much more and they would start branching out and we would over-fucking-come them and overtake them. One fucking kid at a time. One son at a time. Sons and daughters, but we're specifically talking about men and leadership. Right, so right. sons specifically, like, fuck yeah, he's going to have a, such a bigger impact in this world than I am, the amount of people he's going to change and change lives. That's why it's, it's up to you to be the mentors, even before you have kids or even after you have kids. Be the mentors that are creating those future leaders. Be the, be the lead. Lead yourself first, which means be fuckable. That's leading yourself first right, means right. be fuckable. We fucking termed it. <laughs> we did. We, we listen, we definitely going to get those shirts. We're going to send you one, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, man. I, listen, I love it, man. Steve, you came in here and you damn sure did not disappoint. I'm fired. Yeah, up man. Right this now. is Steve. Yo, you dope, dude. Like, this is, this was good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm sure you guys um, are probably interested and who this brother is. Some of you ladies, unfortunately, probably want to get your husbands in this program. We need some more black dudes in that program. For real. <laughs> no, that's that's a fact. Took us the eighth, ninth class till our first black guy came in the program and he asked when we when we, we let their guard down a little bit have some of these more personalized discussions where we're done beating the fuck out of them and he asked he's like why are there no black men in this program because it doesn't say four blacks that's why <laughs> I'm, I'm being dead serious if you, I'm, if you if you just i promise you if you market you do like a little split test marketing and you just have the program just put black in front of everything. You just put us on the ad. Guarantee you, guarantee you black people start showing up. It's just kind of how we operate for whatever reason in today's society, you know? Did he, hey, did the black guy make it to the end? Yeah, there was two. First of course he did. Yes! Of course he yes! did. First, first class had two of them, and one of them is actually Honor Man, and one of them is actually the, the guy that lives here in Atlanta that I know that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check out while I'm here. So That's so, dope. And, and they, they said because most of the, their communities are on that lower 80% that are thinking that same old bullshit that cycle bullshit. that's not willing to fucking 
use that, stop using that as an excuse and use it to propel you forward. And there, there's an awesome story with, with the, in this game class. It, everyone has a, a battle buddy in, in these classes. So this black dude had a battle buddy who was like Middle Eastern from some Middle Eastern country. And when we got to this more vulnerable part, and, and they're okay with me sharing this because I've talked about it before, the Middle Eastern dude, wherever he's from, he said he, when he was five years old, he was walking up to his house with his mother. Someone walked up to them, robbed the mother, took all her shit. It was a black dude. And even after he took the shit, fucking shot his mother just randomly. Random fucking act of violence. Shot her right through the spine like three or four times, through her chest, through her back. She didn't die. So she's now paralyzed from the neck down the rest of her life. This kid's five years old, dealing, taking care of his mother and his entire life has resentment towards black men. Like, this is when we saw the, really the real power of this fucking project. He's now battle buddy as a grown-up is a black dude. And in, the, in, the, in a thing like this, you're not going to make it alone. No matter who the fuck you are, what your background, you're not going to make it alone. You need your battle buddy. His battle buddy happened to be a black dude. And when they got to this, this part where we're having this discussion, they're sitting next to each other. He, and I'm getting fucking chills thinking about it. I can it. only imagine. He's, he tells him. He tells this story about his mother and how he's had this thing against black people his whole life. And then this was like 40 hours into it. Those whole 40 hours, he's like, you have, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I would have already quit. You have helped me when I couldn't do it. He helped me with the thing. He fucking got up, gave him a hug. It was fucking like, boom. Like, this is, what, this is how we make a fucking change in the world. Like, like shit like that. That shit was fucking powerful. That's why we have a fucking tattoo of this shit on us. Damn. Man, that was some powerful shit. Yeah, hey, listen, yeah. That's how we're going to end the fucking show right there. Steve, tell the people how they can get in touch with you, what you got for them, because I'm sure they want to know. I don't even need to tell them. They can find me where they're going to find me. Like, it doesn't matter. Just stop being little bitches. Men, let me, I'll leave you with this. This is how you can find me. Stop being a little bitch. Stop asking for fucking permission. Stop thinking it's toxic. Your wife, your woman, is not looking for another fucking son. She's looking for a man, for a leader. She's already got a son. She needs a fucking man and a leader. She'll find me out there in the world doing shit. If we're meant to cross paths, we'll fucking cross paths. Wow. And listen. Wow. That's all we got for you today, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hardly Initiated. Subscribe to the damn channel because we're going to keep this heat coming to you on a regular basis. But listen, Hardly Initiated, we are out.